0: Hi, this is Sam Chand, and welcome to the Sam Chand Leadership Podcast. It is my honor to serve you, help you achieve your dreams. Let's do this together. Hi, this is Sam Chand, and I'm so glad that you joined me today because today I want to talk to you about bigger, faster leadership. Bigger, faster leadership. A few years ago, I was standing in another country. Let me see if you can figure this out. This is North America. This is South America. And here's the Panama Canal. I was standing right over here, at the Panama Canal. And as I was there, for the very first time, I noticed something was going on. I noticed they were widening the canal. They were widening the canal. Okay, so come on, someone tell me, why they're widening the canal? Of course, they're widening the canal because there are bigger ships, there are faster ships. They did not want to lose the business. And so they were widening the canal. And now, of course, the canal is opened. So here's the old canal. Ships still go through this. And the bigger, faster ships go through the other canal. And as I was standing there observing the, uh, the construction of the new canal, a sentence went through my mind. I'm going to give you the sentence, then unpack it for you for the rest of our time together. Here's the sentence. If you're ready to write it down, here's the sentence. Your size and your speed. The size and your speed are controlled by your systems and structures. Your size and your speed are controlled by your systems and structures. Remember a little while ago I said to you, I want to talk to you today about bigger, faster leadership. So as a leadership consultant, I get to travel all over the world working with some of the amazing churches and corporations everywhere. And everywhere I go, every CEO, every lead pastor, every senior pastor, every executive director has only two aims. Every stockholder, every stakeholder, every bank, any business you go into, has the same two goals, bigger, faster. How do we get bigger and how do we get bigger faster? I've never met anybody who said, we want to be smaller and slower. Now, smaller might be managed control and managed growth, but no one's saying, I want to be smaller and slower. Everyone's talking about bigger and faster and so it goes back to the sentence your size that's bigger and your speed that's faster are controlled by your systems and structure so the Panama Canal discovered that the size and the speed of the ships that are going through were controlled by their systems and structures let me give you another illustration if uh, if this was a train a train a train. And here are some wheels on the train. And the train runs on what? Tracks. Train runs on tracks. Got a couple questions for you. Can you run a bigger, faster train on old tracks? And the answer is what? No. Number two question. If you were to run a bigger, faster train on old tracks, what would happen to the train? You're right, I hear you. It would derail. Uh, Let me give you one more question. If the train can go 200 miles an hour, 200 kilometers an hour, and the tracks are built for 100 kilometers or miles per hour, how fast is the train gonna go? You're right is going to go 100 miles an hour Remember this is important the size and the speed of the train are controlled by the systems and structures So in most organizations that I consult with they have great product great services they can offer they have Great stuff that other people can get value from, but the systems and structures that are meant to deliver those services and that product are antiquated and slow it down. Uh, you can have the fastest phone, but if the Wi Fi is slow, you can have the best computer, but if the Wi Fi is slow. It's all about systems and structures. Think about your organization, Uh, ministry, marketplace, really doesn't matter, sacred, secular, doesn't matter where you are, in the middle of everything that you are doing, very few organizations have the bandwidth, very few organizations have the time to step back and totally rethink their systems and structures. So you know how strict systems and structures come about? They evolve. Yes, you're right, they evolve. That simply means that as some stuff happens, something breaks, something doesn't work, something is not delivered, somebody is disappointed, things don't work out. We tweak the system and structure, but we do not have the luxury or the bandwidth to step back from it and say, How do we do what we do, and why do we do what we do? So I've been using two words, systems and structures. Let me break them down for you. Let them break them down for you. Here we go. Every organization I go to, they have some kind of a flow chart, correct? Your organization, doesn't matter who you are, has some kind of a flow chart. And everywhere I go, people try to impress me with their flow charts, a flowchart without any names in it is known as a system. When you put names in there it becomes a structure. Did you get that? No names, system. With names, structure. Most organizations never do systematic or systemic re-evaluation or realignment, they're always dealing with structures. The structure is Susie is not working out here, we move her over here. And Larry is not working out here, so we move him over here. Those are the structural changes. I'm going to ask you with everything that you know now, with all of your experience that you have, with all the history that you have, if you could start your organization all over again, if you could take an eraser, and totally erase everything. How would you organize yourself? If you could take your church, if you take your organization, your corporation, and set to yourself, with what I know now, with the experience that I have, with the know-how that has been vetted, how do I organize myself if was to start all over again. If you were to do that, that would be creating a system. And then you take the people you want to and plug them into your system to create the structure, systems and structures. So let me go back to that one sentence: Your size and your speed are controlled by your systems and structures. Uh, think about this way. Amazon, Amazon. I remember when Amazon bought Whole Foods? It sent ripples through the industry. Other, uh, other grocers and grocery lines and supermarkets, their stocks went down simply because of Amazon buying up Whole Foods. Now, somebody tell me, where do you find Amazon Farms? Where do they grow bananas? Where does Amazon grow tomatoes? Where does Amazon have chicken farms? Where does Amazon grow lambs so you can have lamb chops? Nowhere. They are all about systems and structures. Uber and Lyft, how many cars do they own? Airbnb, how many properties do they own? Uh, As I am making this video for you, an iconic store all over the world, known as Toys R Us. Toys R Us is selling all of their almost eight hundred stores worldwide. I've got a couple questions for you. Are toy makers going to stop making toys? The answer is, no. Are people going to stop buying toys? The answer is, no. So toys are still going to be produced. Toys are still going to be sold. And yet the largest toy store chain in the world is out of business. So it's not about the product, is it? It's not about the train. It's not about the market, because the market is growing, not shrinking. It's all about systems and structures that Toys R Us was not able to keep, all the way from banking leverage, to crazy debt, to stores that have not been upgraded, to Salesforce, to how toys are delivered, it just goes on and on. It's all about systems and structures. Uh, Netflix has no TV channel. I I, I want to read another piece to you. It was in the newspaper in February of 2018. The headline says, Connecticut Envelope Maker Files for Bankruptcy. Let me just read to you the first paragraph. After 99, almost 100, after 99 years of making envelopes, which carried America's junk mail, CENVEO, Inc., C-E-N-V-E-O, Inc., has filed for bankruptcy. Listen to this now. Blaming a shift by marketers from direct mail to internet. So there was a time... That you got what we call junk mail, infomercials, product promotions in your mailbox, correct? Now you get them on Facebook, on Twitter, Instagram, Google+, email, text messages, WhatsApp, Periscope, and on and on and on and on. I've got a question for you. Did advertising itself go out of business? No. Have infomercials gone out of business? No. Are people still marketing and producing product that they are selling to others? Of course they are. But the system and structure of stuffing an envelope and getting it to your mailbox via the postal service system and structure became obsolete. Now you can blame the system structure, but this didn't happen overnight. So this company has been around for 99 years, but somebody did not see the need. They start coming, but the thought that they can outpace that, outlive that, make maybe more colorful envelopes, maybe create a direct mail that gets people's attention, but that's not so. Huh. When I think about churches, most pastors, church, and churches struggle with systems and structures because most pastors lead relationally. Because they lead relationally, systems and structures get in the way. Let me give you a couple, a few biblical examples about systems and structures. So God put human beings on this planet on day six, Genesis chapter one and two, day six. So what did he do? Day one, two, three, four, and five. Day one, two, three, and four, and five, he created systems and structures. Daylight, nighttime, moon, sun, air, cool, warm, warm. Uh, Fresh water, salt water, vegetation, uh, red meat, white meat, he created all of those things so that when he put human being in the Garden of Eden, there'd be systems and structures to sustain life. Five days of creating systems and structures. One day, uh, bringing the ultimate product into the Garden of Eden. Uh, let me give you a couple more examples. Jesus, when he started his ministry in Luke chapter ten and verse one, Luke chapter ten verse one, he calls the seventy disciples together. Systems and structures. Seventy. That's a number. Powerful system. Divided into groups of two, 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 two. Then. That creates 35 small groups. Then he tells them in the end of Luke chapter 10, verse 1. The last verse is to every city and village he was going to go. So that means he had an itinerary. He had a list of places he was going to go. And he wanted these people to go out two and two before him. Pre-evangelists. Then... He tells them, system structures, if you go into a place and they receive you, here's a three by five card. This is what you say. If you go into a place that don't receive you, reject you, this is what you say. Systems and structures. Moses is approached by his father-in-law Jethro because Moses is judging people and taking care of problems all day long. His father-in-law Jethro comes to him and says to him, you're killing yourself. And you're killing the people. And he says to them, listen, create people, leaders who are over a thousand, leaders who are over a hundred, leaders who are over ten, different capacities. Let them handle it. Whatever they can't handle, let it come to you. Systems and structures. The Bible goes on to say in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 40, That everything be done in what? Decency and in order. Systems and structure. So there are five things that happen in the life of an organization in that order one, two, three, four, five. Number one, entrepreneurial. Entrepreneurial. Spell it any way you want to. Entrepreneurial. Number two, Emerging, emerging number three, established number four, erosion, R E R O S I O N, erosion, number five, enterprising, enterprising, number one, entrepreneurial, number two, emerging, number three established number four erosion number five enterprising let's talk about them briefly and entrepreneurial entrepreneurial is when you don't have a product you don't have a service you don't have a location you don't have a website you don't have a phone number for the business you're not incorporated nothing you don't have a license you just have an idea Everything began with an idea. This marker I'm holding in my hand is is an idea. In fact, this marker is a, a thicker marker, bigger marker, as opposed to a thinner marker. So somebody had an idea. Let's make a thicker marker. Everything began with an idea. I got a bottle of water over here. began with an idea. Everything began, the paper that my notes are on, began with an idea entrepreneurial then things start emerging a prototype is formed people start meeting in your garage for a bible study you start meeting with some friends in a garage and start tinkering and next thing you know you have got apple computers it is just emerging you don't have any money you're not making anything you just have an idea that's emerging and then you get established number three you get established by established, I'm talking about you've got a location. You've got a place that you can service. You've got a website. Uh, you may have a Twitter account. You may be on Facebook. All that is going on. So you're established. What comes right after erosion, after, after established? Number four is what? Erosion. Everything goes like that. Uh, let me talk about that. So uh, do, do you recall uh, shopping centers in your city? that one time were popping, that there was the, the place to go to, the big thing to do, but nobody goes there anymore. It is almost empty. Uh, neighborhoods that you wanted to live in, but now you're glad you're not. Uh, churches that were in the news all the time, but they're not. Who's talking about Kodak and Fuji films anymore? And Xerox copiers? Nobody is. Simply because... Erosion took place. Toys R Us, I just talked about that. Erosion took place, but I got good news for you. If you are willing to build a bridge over erosion from established to enterprising, you can bypass erosion. So, what is enterprising? Enterprising is rethinking what you are doing. Remember the Panama Canal? They rethought that and built a wider canal in addition to what they already had. So entrepreneurial, you just have an idea. At enterprising, you have a location. You offer services. You have a product. You know what you're doing over here. And over here, what you're doing is you are rethinking what you are doing. You're rethinking what you are doing. So to rethink, I'm going to give you four questions you got to ask yourself. Four questions. Ready? Question number one. What's working? Question number one is what's working? I'm going to come back to this. Question number two. Your biggest success. Your biggest success. Question number three is what's not working? And question number four is what's dead? Let's talk about those four. Maybe I'm in the way. Let me get out of the way here. What's working? What's working? Have you not noticed in most of our uh, staff meetings, most of the time when we are trying to uh, get people together, most of our attention is in what's not working? I think you've got to know what's working. You've got to know what's working. And then you have to ask yourself, what's been our biggest success in the last 12 months? I want to stop there and say something about that. Most organizations dissect, cut apart, analyze, do an autopsy, a post mortem of what went wrong. I want you and your organization to spend more time on what went right. Because once you know what you're doing amazingly, what you're most successful for, what you're most branded for, what do people ask for most, when when you know what is the best that you do, then you can leverage your strength, leverage your best, celebrate the team, pick up people, build morale. But most organizations never stop to analyze and dissect why are we successful? What are we doing right? And how can we leverage that? The third quadrant is what's not working. What's, not, what's our biggest challenge? What's not working? I'm here to tell you, if you were to uh, take a poll of your staff and just ask them one simple question, what's been our biggest challenge in the last 12 months, they'll come up with the same old categories: staffing, volunteers, finances, leadership, onboarding, assimilation. They're the ones that will come up again and again. So you got to know, in the last 12 months, was not working. and then was dead. Can I tell you something? You don't need a consultant to come and tell you what's dead? Everybody knows what's dead. But you know why we don't kill the dead thing? If this department is dead, we don't kill it, let's make it larger. If this department is dead. We don't kill it because of the people in it. Relational. We have done history with them. Uh, They have been with us for a long time. Loyalty. History. And so because of the structure in here, we never reorganize our systems. You know what's dead. You know what's dying. May I make a humble suggestion? Give it a decent funeral. Tell people why you started it. Tell everybody how it has served you. Tell people when it stopped serving you. Tell people what you've tried to do to resurrect it. And then pay your last respects, close the lid, and let it go. So here are the four questions I want to ask yourself. You ready? Four questions. What defines you? What are your deliverables? What are your delivery systems? And who are your drivers? You ready? What defines you? What are your deliverables? What are your delivery systems? Who are your drivers? Let's talk about them. What defines you? You gotta know what defines you. Uh, Imagine for a moment that you are a restaurant owner, a restaurant owner. And uh, you think you make the best burgers. Burgers are us. You make the best burgers. And, and, and my restaurant known as Sam's Home Cooking. Sam's Home Cooking, my store, that's my name. And I think I make the best burgers in town. However, at the end of the month, when I run off my sales receipts, it shows me that I sold fried chicken more than anything else. I think I do burgers best, but my receipts show that I sell more fried chicken than anything else, okay? Now I have an opportunity to advertise on a billboard in town. What picture should I put on it? A burger or a chicken? Because I think I define myself by burgers, I may be tempted to put a picture of a burger. Burgers are us, Sam's home cooking. But if you're smart, you've got to know what defines you. And what defines you is fried chicken. My restaurant sells more fried chicken than burgers. So what defines me is empirical. Now in Churches that is harder to do to find out what you're selling the most. So I'm gonna give you an idea. Do a simple survey on a three by five card. Go to just simply say this: the reason I come and stay at Nimber Church is don't put boxes for them to check. Let them write it in, make it anonymous. Let me give you the question again. The reason I come and stay at name of your church is colon. Let them fill it in. You pick up those three by five cars, two three Sundays in a row so that you get everybody and then you make stacks. Some will say proximity. Some will say good parking. Some will say children. Some will say youth. Some will say worship. Some might even say preaching. Who knows? Could happen. And then you pick up the three largest stacks, drum roll, and voila, you know what are your defining products. What are your defining products? You got to know that. The second question is what are my deliverables? That means if I was to come to your store, if I was to come to your business, If I was to talk to you, if I was to go online, if I was to come to your church, what would I walk away with? And I'm not talking about a product, so to speak, but the experience itself. When you go to renew your driver's license, do you wake up that morning excited? Or do you start saying, eh, got to go to that office and you know it's going to be a long wait it's always about the experience now you know you're going to get your license but it's going to be the experience itself what are your experiential deliverables number three is what are your delivery systems what are your delivery systems how do you deliver what you deliver Toys R Us went out of business because of delivery systems. That envelope-making company and the direct mail company went out of business because of just business delivery systems. And we've been delivering the same product for so long in the same way that we haven't stepped back and said, our customer has changed. Our product is the same. So how do we get it to the customer? Think about Uber. Think about Lyft. It's just a glorified taxi service. But the experience has changed. You go on your app, two minutes away. I'm driving a black whatever make car. It's prepaid, bam, you're in there and you're off to the races. It's all about systems and structures, your delivery systems. And then the fourth question was who are my drivers? Who are my drivers? You can have the best product, but if the drivers have a bad attitude, if the drivers are slow in responding, if the drivers never check their emails, if the drivers don't return their phone calls, if the drivers are not sensitive to the needs out there, you can have the best of the best and you will be filing for bankruptcy because it all comes down to who are your drivers so let me give you a few words to think about the pathway for bigger faster leadership heart head hands heart head hands heart head hands you appeal to people's hearts that's how they feel first head how they think second hands what they do last So in your company, in your organization, in your church, don't be going for the hands. Can you do this for me? No, that's the lowest kind of motivation a person has. Heart, head, hands. So with everything I've said to you today, you got to do three things. You got to make choices. You got to take chances. And then you will see changes. Choices, chances, changes. Choices, Chances, changes. So I've talked to you about looking at your systems and structures. You will have to make some choices. And then you have to take some chances, some risks. Don't be risk averse. Don't fight risk. You know, the only time you're 100% sure is never. Can I say it again? You're never 100% sure. Because by the time you make a decision, information is coming in. Because when you're 100% sure, you're too late. More stuff is coming in on a regular basis. you got to take some chances. And then you will see some changes. What I've done today is taught you from my book, Bigger, Faster Leadership. It's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Go online. It's the cheapest way to get that it's on uh, Audible. It's on DVD, CD. It's on every kind of every kind of format there is. Uh, you can download it on Kindle, Nook. However you want to do that. Bigger, faster leadership, in which I talk about just one simple sentence, and you already know that sentence: Your size and your speed are controlled by our systems and structures. My name is Sam Tend. May you be bigger. May you be faster and may you be the leader that you envisioned all around yourself.